Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. This show is brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, where they speak for cats, which is what this program is all about. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food called Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I personally can recommend because it is based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Please show your appreciation that Dr. Elsie's underwrites this show by choosing their products whenever you can. A quick clarification and disclaimer about my conversation with Dr. Casey about indoor-outdoor cats and the beauty of catios. I mentioned coffee wood in the conversation, also known as java wood, which comes from spent coffee trees that are no longer bearing fruit. It's non-toxic to animals. You can get these branches from companies that make perches and habitats for reptiles and birds, and some of them are big enough for cats. On the other hand, the coffee plant, completely different, is very dangerous to cats, and it's just a green household-looking plant. It contains saponins, toxins known to cause irritation on a cat's skin within his oral cavity and gastrointestinal tract if it's eaten. So don't have a coffee plant, but look into a coffee wood if that interests you. I have the great pleasure of having Dr. Casey Locklear back with me. The last time she and I talked, we were talking about parasiticides and Revolution Plus to use on especially your outdoor cats against fleas, ticks, worms of every kind. But I thought, Dr. Casey, it would be good if you came back and we could talk about the whole concept of indoor-outdoor. And before we do that, I just want to say you have an illustrious career in the pet industry as a doctor, and cats are a particular love of yours. And fear-free handling and having a veterinarian's office that's friendly to cats and comfortable for cats and low stress and various feline diseases are of great interest to you. But I would like to talk to you today because you are a cat mom as well as a cat doc. What do we do for those cats who, for whom the concept of indoor only feels to them, we think, like a life sentence of being a prisoner? What do we do about that? Hi, Tracy. Thank you for that lovely introduction, and thank you again for having me. And I tell you, this topic is a passion of mine as both a veterinarian and cat mom, um, because I do have one of those cats that is just itching to get outside and to adventure out. So, you know, this is a fun topic, and there's so many ways we can take it. But, you know, I think primary point one is that we provide as much enrichment and rotating enrichment, not just static cell enrichment 
inside the home environment as possible. But there's some great creative and fun ways that we can help those cats safely get outdoors. Well, your cat in particular, because you you mentioned him uh, when we were talking about Revolution Plus, he wears, he's willing to, not only willing, but eager to wear a harness and go out on a special cat harness cat leash with you, which we definitely should talk about. But I think in my experience and from what I've read, it's a small percentage of the cat population who want to do that, that it's part of their personality. They're bold enough. They're adventurous enough. They're not spooky. They're not scaredy cats. And they're obviously introduced correctly, a whole nother conversation, to to the harness, to the leash. So what do we do for the ones who simply want to get out? I mean, there's catios, right, which isn't really a solution in their mind. They want to be in the jungle hunting, don't they? Isn't that what they're all about? You know, I think so. I think really in the essence of some of these cat beings, especially those adventure cats, that is what they are all about. So I think the catio is a great solution. Um, but it, even if you could take that and take it one step f- further, and how do you make that catio more jungle-like? Right. You know, can point. you grow? Can you grow a small patch of sod? Can you have a lot of vertical space? Cats just thrive on the ability to get vertical. So can they climb? Can they perch high? Can they scratch in multiple shapes on multiple textures? So I think when you're thinking about that catio, no pun intended, think outside of the box, right? And (laughs) think about creating a jungle in your catio. The one thing that I would ask you to pause and reflect on is sometimes some of these catios get so elaborate and so fun, and I adore that. But just double check that if you're bringing any plants into that catio, that those are cat safe plants. That's a great point. There's a lot of plants that are toxic to cats. I mean, everyone knows about Easter lilies, but that's a short list. There are. It, it is important to be really careful, and maybe just the only plant to have in there would be cat grass that you grow in a little pot that they can munch on. Right? I mean, you don't. They don't need leafy stuff. What they want is sort of in a weird way, like what some of the exotic pets want in their terrariums. Something there's really fat. You know, I wonder if they ever use those in catios. There's fabulous coffee tree branches, or maybe they're actually the entire tree that they sell to put into terrariums for reptiles of various kinds. And they're gorgeous, and they're, they look like amazing upright driftwood. So that would be a great way. Interesting. You know, I just, I had never thought of this before. But people, in, you know, even in the suburbs, it's really not that easy to get a great branch to put in your catio. I mean, maybe there aren't any where the kinds of trees you have are pine trees, which would be hopeless. But those, you know, that's something we might um, we might think about doing. I might think about doing a little blog about it. And maybe, maybe I'll get one of the companies that makes one to send one to you and see if we can get your adventure cat to go up it. Because the wood is beautiful. It's, it's like a furniture. It's like art. It's natural art. So that's an idea to, to give them a place to go up. Because you do see a catio that will have a branch in it, but it, there's not much to it, right? Right. <clears throat> in you terms know, of options. A, what a fun idea. That's Well, I love that just chatting with a, a cat-centric human 
I can think of something that, that maybe hasn't been thought of before. And nice for the people that – there are coffee trees that are spent, I guess, like so many trees that, that give us fruits and berries and nuts. They, they wear out after a while. So it's very um, ecologically wonderful because the tree is done making coffee and they get repurposed as extraordinary. I mean there's some cages that are walk-in cages for – reptiles that would be just as good for a cat, really. And they have a, a, a tree, a coffee kind of tree as tall as you or me in in this enclosure. So why not? I mean, that's, that's a good interesting. idea. That's an interesting idea. Now, I've had two cats that were absolute runaways. They're like, seriously, a harness, a little a little enclosed catio, forget about it. I need to run out the minute anybody opens a door. My life will be focused on that. And I'm running off into the tall grass or the, the, the woods or wherever, you know, I've lived. It's really hard. I mean, what do we do? I guess one of the, one of the parts about indoor-outdoor is we have to be specific about where you live. If you really lived on a farm in Kansas and there was only a dirt road that a truck came down once a day and no paved roads anywhere nearby and maybe no raptors or hawks that would pick up the cat and take it away for dinner and no coyotes. I guess that's a kind of long list, right? I mean, is there any place safe that you can have a barn cat is what I want to know. What do you think? You know, I think it's a, it's a definite challenge. Um, interestingly enough, I live somewhat in that situation that you've just described. Oh, really? and you have a couple of um, big, robust, sturdy feral cats that somehow have found their way into my life and we live very uh, loving, wonderful lives together. But I think all in a whole, we know and we've seen a multitude of papers on it that back this up and it's an unfortunately tragic pattern that I would see in practice that the outdoor cat life is a hard, dangerous life that comes with a shorter lifespan. So where I really like to help people focus is on how to have a successful indoor cat lifestyle that really reads the cat as a individual. Every cat is an individual and reads whether they have that personality that needs and wants to adventure out um, or whether maybe they're that proverbial scaredy cat that just needs good environmental enrichment within your house. And you can make an adventure even in a one-bedroom apartment. I mean, some people have done extraordinary things with wall ramps, I would call them. They really look like something from Pottery Barn. I don't know if Pottery Barn's still in business. Everything's out of business or got bought by somebody else. But you know those, <laughs> those shelves you would affix to the wall. You'd put a plant or a picture on it. Well, people do put them on their walls as stepping stones for the cat to go up to, at some point, there's something like a cat loft, a place, a platform high up on the yeah. wall, and the cat can park up there. And so even a scaredy cat, I mean, that brings the outdoors inside, doesn't it? That does. And again, what are we saying? Vertical space. Yes. And even within that, as you were saying, that one-room apartment or a small studio space, Don't forget the power of moving things around. I absolutely delight in seeing what happens when I take 
a cat tree that has been in my house for 10 years and shift it to a new room or put it in front of a new window. It becomes a whole new space. Interesting. So don't forget that even working with what you have, rotating which toys are out, rotating um, where the placement of these toys are, the placement of these vertical spaces, maybe what texture is on them can be sometimes very simple and expensive ways to re-enrich your environment. And of course, the real trick is set aside two five-minute periods a day. If you want to be that person who's so organized and says, oh, I don't have time to play with my cat, set aside. You could make it four minutes. You could put a timer on your phone if you want, because that's about as long as a cat really is hardwired and needs to hunt, which is what they're doing when you're playing with them, right? So having a bunch of toys out is not, it's like, there are human babies and some dogs who will play with toys that are just passively sitting around, but mostly not. They want interaction. They want some give and take with the human. And certainly with cats, the worst thing you can do is just have a basket of toys or a bunch of toys under the counter that are just there. They become boring and uninteresting and nothing happens with them. I mean, isn't that part of it is that we need to actively give them an enriched life. It doesn't mean just buying things. As you said, it's not a question of dollars. It's a question of doing something that that cat responds to, that individual cat that turns them on, that lights up their eyes, that makes them have a little, I don't know, skip in their step, right? What's interesting about what you just said is I've never quite thought of it in those terms, and I never framed it up quite in that way. But as you say that, I think about my own morning routine that I've fallen into with my cat, and I am a shameless coffee drinker. <laughs> Every morning, while my coffee is brewing, I am playing fetch with Hula. Wow. She has a favorite ball. She loves to play fetch. And, it, and to your point, it's a short-lived thing, yes. but man, is that a fun couple minutes every morning while that coffee is brewing. And then for Kitters, who is my adventure cat, who has to go outside, um, her trick is that she has a little place where she pushes her toy and hides it and goes and sits and waits for me to retrieve it no from the space for her where she, where she can't retrieve it. So pretty much every morning while my coffee is brewing, you can bet that I'm going to throw a toy a handful of times for Hula to fetch and then crawl around on my hands and knees <laughs> and, <laughs> and help Kit retrieve her toy and, uh, and throw that one for her to get her engaged in play. And I, it's just so interesting how you said that because I've really um, not framed it in that way, but it is about a five-minute thing that we do every morning that is just full of energy. You see? This is all instinctive for you. It came naturally. And your cats trained you brilliantly. They trained you for exactly oh, what am, they I'm like well to do. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, good for them, actually. And I think that's something that we need to figure out with each of our cats is what is the thing that makes them happy. And it's not just belly rubs, guys. I mean, these are hunters by their nature. I mean, there may be some highly bred ragdolls or something that have lost all instinct to kill a mouse. But somewhere in there, there's a, a button you can push, if you will, in their in their heart and head, where they're like, wow, really? And by the way, not a laser pointer. 
Dr. Locklear, would you like right. to speak against laser pointers for me for a moment? Because they're really cruel. They just make cats uh, have OCD, and there's no payoff. They, I, it is, it is fun for a human. Right. So fun for a human to to watch a cat chase and and try to grab. But it's that last little piece of that try to grab. Mm -hmm. Imagine the frustration of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that you think is real and you can just never get your paws on. It's Um, cruel. I mean, it's something tangible. Yeah, it's it's not it's not purposefully cruel, but and this is just a slight aside. But it's what I don't like about cat videos. Cat videos are fun for humans to do and to laugh at. They're not cat-centric. They're not respectful of cats. They don't take into consideration in a respectful way who a cat is, what makes him tick, what makes him feel joy or satisfaction or a deep sigh at the end of the day. And many of those videos involve things like laser pointers, just frustrating a cat, and that's supposed to be funny. It's not really very funny. It's kind of cruel and it's mean. It's poking the bear, if you will. So I think what you said about the pot of gold is so important in any play game. Well, your play games, your guys have it built in. Bring back the ball, get it thrown again. Mom goes and on her hands and knees, crawling around the dust bunnies, digs out the thing I've hidden, <laughs> and whoopee, I get it back. But if you're going to play with a fishing pole toy, which is a great way to give an indoor cat a sense of being outdoors, adventuring, doing something cat-like, you need to have some kind of hopefully a small edible reward like a freeze-dried protein, even a little piece of chicken or turkey or cheese or beef, something real that you give them and then you put the toy away. Isn't that really the best thing to do? You don't leave a fishing pole toy out. First of all, they'll destroy it, and it misses the whole point, which is you're supposed to interact with them to give them that in, right. that satisfaction. Right. So it's about that human-animal bond. We need that bonding time with them, and they desperately need that bonding time with us. And then just like us, they need the reward in the closure. Yes. If you just constantly set goals for yourself and made to-do lists for yourself and never had the satisfaction of right. checking the box, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how would that feel? And and that's really where these play and these interactions come in for these cats. And, and that's something to think about with something like a laser pointer. There's not ever the ability to have closure, to check the box, to yes. be successful. And to to your point with the reward, we have the punctuation at the end of the sentence. We played, we interacted. It was fantastic. We rewarded and we were able to check that box, get that closure and really have a complete session. Yep. Um, and for and for a cat, I, they're hardwired that play for them is is hunting. It's something essential to their, you know, back to their Egyptian ancestors. It's essential to their catness, to their well-being, to their survival. So catching the mouse. Now, of course, if you're out hunting, you don't catch every bird. You don't catch every mouse. You don't catch every lizard or cricket. But you have to be successful more times than not, or you do die in the in the wild, if you will. So you have to be really good at it and develop those 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 really their skills those hunting skills. And when you get the reward, 
it actually ticks off a box in their brain. It's been measured, right? There's dopamine or things along those lines. They go, oh, yeah, did it. And then they can nap for hours and be very content, <laughs> right? I mean, maybe your your adventure cat's like, that's good. Now, for my next trick, Mom, I'd like you to do X. But for the most part, <laughs> it is very rewarding. And four or five minutes is about as long as I guess it would take you to catch one of these critters if you were on the hunt or fail and have to start over. Either way, it, it does, it's not some long, drawn-out thing. And, and we don't want to create those those Labrador retriever type cats who want to do something endlessly because that's not emotionally healthy either. It should be in and out and one and done. And then, and then you can go on with your day and they can have a good quality of life. Well, I'm looking forward to finding one of these expired. There's some other word than expired that they use, but it's something like expired coffee trees and seeing if we can't get you or Dr. Michael Maria Delgado to, to put one in a catio or even in your house. They're gorgeous. And see how your cats like it. It'd be really fun. A whole new repurposing. I mean, snakes shouldn't have all the fun, right? 100%. I think our furry feline friends should. So exactly. I, I, what, a, what a wonderful and fun experiment. I look forward to Excellent. it. Well, you were the inspiration. Dr. Casey Locklear, thank you for being here. You're a wonderful doc and a great cat advocate. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. A quick clarification and disclaimer about my conversation with Dr. Casey about indoor-outdoor cats and the beauty of catios. I mentioned coffee wood in the conversation, also known as java wood, which comes from spent coffee trees that are no longer bearing fruit. It's non-toxic to animals. You can get these branches from companies that make perches and habitats for reptiles and birds, and some of them are big enough for cats. On the other hand, the coffee plant, completely different, is very dangerous to cats, and it's just a green household-looking plant. It contains saponins, toxins known to cause irritation on a cat's skin within his oral cavity and gastrointestinal tract if it's eaten. So don't have a coffee plant, but look into a coffee wood if that interests you. Thanks so much for listening. I also want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered effective natural ways to repel fleas, ticks, and other pests on her pets and around her home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without the harsh chemicals that can be harmful to your cats, your property, and the planet. This show is also supported by the privately developed Magic Fabric pet throws that trap hair, dirt, and moisture when cats get up on the furniture bed or your lap. Magic Fabric Pet Throws invite kitty cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes or furniture. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's again for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people.